0: Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Push to Shout. I'm Powder, And I'm Skippy Sigmatic. And we're going to talk about some video games and some other stuff. And at the end of the show, we're going to be giving out a few of the coveted uh, Push to Shout Game of the Year awards. But before we get to that stuff, how was your week, Skippy?
1: My week was good. Very good. Because I went to New York City. Um, I have a friend who lives down there. He's big time. He's living the Wall Street life. And he's got a cool apartment, like, three blocks away from the Chrysler building, and it's on the corner, and it's got, like, it's on the 27th floor on the corner. One of the bedrooms, he's got two roommates. It's not his bedroom, unfortunately, but um one of the bedrooms has, like, two sides of windows, just windows all the way across <sighs> in a corner. It it, it looks incredible, because, like, to your left is, like, the Chrysler building, and then to your right is, like, the financial district all the way down. Like, it's crazy. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. It was my first time in New York. uh, First time in a city that big, so that was neat. Um, I'd like to go back. It was cold, but other than that, pretty good weather. And I didn't go to Times Square uh, for for New Year's Eve uh, because, fuck that. Apparently, like, I, I think this is unsubstantiated rumors, but it also makes sense. Apparently people wear diapers to the fucking New Year's celebration because it's so hard to, like, find a restroom and stuff. And just in case...
0: Might want to wear a diaper. (laughs) Um,
1: Anyway, uh, so I did that. Uh, Let's see, what did I do in New York? I went to Ground Zero. They've they've finished the memorial stuff there, and it looks really nice. It's pretty cool. It's like two big pits in the ground where the towers used to be, and like waterfalls going in, and that's they've done a pretty good job with that. It looks pretty neat. And uh, there's an aircraft carrier that's been converted into a museum called the USS Intrepid. It saw, it saw combat at the end of World War II and I think it was used in the Cold War a little bit uh, and now it's been turned into a museum. It's got like a bunch of jets on top and stuff. But it, it was just really cool. I've never been on an aircraft carrier, um, so that was neat. Uh, there was also like a submarine, but uh, it, we didn't have enough time to tour it, unfortunately. Um, and uh, let's see. Central Park, Museum of Natural History, saw some dinosaur bones. It was a good, good trip. Um, uh, oh, and while I'm on the subject of New York, uh, my friends and I played a couple games uh, when we were in New York, just for short periods of time, uh, mostly drunk. We played Super Smash Brothers on the Nintendo 64, which I haven't played in uh, the a really long Nintendo time. The brand new Nintendo
0: 64.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, if you've, I don't know if you've heard of this game, but uh, yeah, it's for Nintendo 64. You can go out and buy it now. Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but did the, you actually I, play the the sixty four yeah, version? Or... Yeah, okay. yeah we, we had a Nintendo sixty four hooked up, and we were playing that. Um, uh, it's actually the like we, we we play six. It's kind of like a routine of ours whenever we meet up. Uh, he's my friend from high school, and we we used to play games together all the time. And I basically grew up playing games with this guy, and this is how I got into video games in the first place. It's like why Morrowind is my favorite game is because we always played together, and yeah. Uh, so we always play Nintendo sixty four whenever we meet up, and um, and th- usually we're playing it on a what do you call it a crt television screen uh because we're playing it like the way it's meant to be played i guess but this time we had we were in his apartment so he had like his nice big screen uh widescreen digital all that shit and all that does is screw everything up again like, the, the aspect ratio doesn't line up right and everything looks terrible and uh there's a little bit of delay to your input and so if you if you if you want to play old games, fucking keep them on the CRT because it's not a very good experience trying to to run on the new stuff. But yeah, that's a good game. But but a better game that we also played is Mario Tennis. Have you ever played Mario Tennis? I love Mario Tennis. That is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, I only discovered it. Well, I discovered it several years ago, but that's relatively late. Um, but I, I, that that game is so well made. Like it's really simple. Uh, but it doesn't get boring and there's actually a lot of depth to it. Um, not a ton of depth, but like enough depth to keep you interested. And like and and if you play it enough, you actually get better at it. It's not just this skillless bullshit hit the ball back and forth kind of thing. Um, really satisfying game. Uh, really good like sound design and everything. Like hitting the ball makes like a really nice sound, and that, that's a fucking good game. So uh check it out. Buy it on your uh in N64 system. Uh Let's see, in other video, oh yeah, last thing related to the New York trip, uh, I mentioned it last podcast that I downloaded Desert Golfing for my phone, uh, that game, so, hold on, let me pull it up real quick, uh, it's an addicting game because it's so simple and really, you can play it, like, really quickly, like, I was playing it before we started the podcast just because why not, and this is what it looks like. And as you might be able to see, I am on hole. It might be backwards. It's backwards for me. I don't. No, it's not gonna focus. Is it gonna focus? Nope. I see but that's terrible for terrible for audio uh, listeners anyway. But I am on hole 443. I've done 443 holes, and. There's no sign, no 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 end in sight. it just save your progress um, forever, and you just go. Yeah, you just back out, and it's saved, and 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 you get back in, and it's like it instantly like you know starts up and and quits because it's a really simple game, and God, it's addicting. I don't even know why. Um, there was a cactus on like hole three hundred and thirty four or something, but other than that, I haven't seen anything. There's no objects in the game. There's just that one cactus. So all right. <laughs> Uh, it's really satisfying to get like a hole in one and shit like it's really frustrating in some in some ways because it's actually pretty challenging like if you've ever played like well it's kind of like angry birds I guess like you just launch it across the screen and try to get it in the hole but like if it goes too far then it'll just reset and shit and it's it can get really tough but uh it's really satisfying when you like launch like a big arc and you get it right on target and it just lands right in the hole um and the other only other game I've been playing is War Thunder, which I've been playing a surprising amount of. I, I'm kind of addicted to it actually. Um, it, both the planes and the tanks are just so much fun, and I I need to get a joystick, but I can't find anywhere that has like a reasonably priced, decent joystick. You either have to go in like the stupidly high price range or stupidly low quality, and and there's no like in between. So I I have to find a place to get get a joystick. I, I want to get it off Amazon, but they don't have anything in stock. So, but that's a fun game. I've talked about it before, not much else to say about it, but I, I am kind of addicted and it's a little bit shameful shameful because it's it's not a great game. <laughs> it's just kind of fun and and right up my alley so whatever but yeah, that's my week. cool. well, I've been sick for a
0: while um i coming back from the holidays, one of my cousins uh was sick with something, and um he claimed it wasn't contagious. But he's a bullshitter, so Damn. I've been having like this lungy kind of rattly um, death death cough for for a week. But it's getting better now. Um, but if I'm coughing, that's why. I got some steroids for it too. So um, if if I come back next week and I'm fucking jacked, you know why. Also, been playing a lot of Super Smash Brothers Wii U because that's a great game. So good. Um, is it as good as Super
1: 2? Smash Bros. n sixty four?
0: Its competitor? Well, they're they're all great. They're all fun.
1: <laughs> okay, fine.
0: I mean, it's more. You know, I know you're just fucking pulling my leg here, but like, uh, Melee was the first one that had any kind of meaningful competitive features. Yeah. Like yeah. the the N sixty four one is still fun as shit, but it's just broken in so many ways that you know you can't take it seriously if you really want to uh, play it hard which me and my brother tend to do so we use yeah it's, it's more fun I'd say than 64 I don't think brawl was more fun than 64 and I didn't even have as much fun with melee as I did on the 64 but this I think is just as fun so far um, been playing some more Age of Empires 2 I feel like I'm kind of starting to get the hang of it that learning curve that's the first RTS I've ever played and so the, the RTS learning curve, I feel like I'm getting over now. I can't believe that's can, the first
1: you've ever played. I, it Jesus. is.
0: I, I just, I'm not about them. And it's not, I don't hate them. I just don't play them really. Yeah. But this might be what gets me into it. I also downloaded, haven't played yet, but downloaded StarCraft 2. So I'll give that a try. I don't anticipate that being like a big game for me, but you know, I'll, I'm going to give it a shot.
1: I've still got, I, you know, I've, I've got my Blizzard account or whatever. I can download StarCraft 2 and play it with you. It's it's pretty fun online if you're playing with people you know and, like, strategizing and doing, like, 2-on-2 two two or 3-on-3 three three or whatever, you know? It's pretty cool. Hmm.
0: And my brother, he bought Mario Kart 8 yesterday. And so we've been playing some of that. And it's really fun. And Gamezilla in his year-end video, said that it was his favorite multiplayer game of the year. Now we've been playing, I wouldn't quite say that, because, well, it's not like it's not fun. It's a really fun game. But just like every other Mario Kart, there's just so much completely random bullshit that is completely yeah. unavoidable, no matter how yeah. how good or perfectly you're executing things. It's still really fun, but it's just impossible to take seriously, which sometimes I want to do. Um, so yeah, it's really fun. But I've also not, heard like uh, not better split, Smash.
1: I've heard that like playing two with two people on one console is kind of it makes it laggy and not as great of an experience. For for us,
0: it didn't make it laggy. It was still going at sixty frames per second perfectly with no slowdowns ever. But I thought it was really weird that it split the screen because the whole point of the Wii U is it has a yeah. gamepad with a screen on yeah. it. So it would be it would make perfect sense for him to be able to look at it on his on its gamepad and for the person with the regular controller to look at the TV. Like that's just so obvious. Obviously the way to do it, but you you can't do it that way. So that's weird, but otherwise it's a fun game. Nowhere close to as good as Smash 4. Not even close. <laughs> if you have a choice, Smash 4 first, no reservations. Um I also I've spent an embarrassing amount of money this week. Um, I bought computer upgrade parts, so I bought a new CPU, an i7-5930K, um, 16 gigabytes of DDR4 RAM and a new motherboard. So that's going to be the project when I get back to college just to install all that stuff, but Damn. it's it's some good shit, um, I'm excited about that. And I also dropped Dosh on a, on a Wii U of my own because this uh, this holiday season with my brother's Wii U has gotten me utterly hooked so I'm gonna have to get Banana 2 and some other stuff um, once once I get back the funny thing is you can't like I had an account on my brother's Wii U and I bought Mario for it last year
1: mm-hmm.
0: and on, as well as the wonderful 101 and mm-hmm. I was trying to like move my account it seems like such an easy thing that every other console lets you do this really easily but for Nintendo, you can't just log in with your account on the other console. You can only be linked to one Wii U in a lifetime, ever. Hmm. So I like called up Nintendo, and I was like grabbing serial numbers, and they had to like manually deregister the serial number. It was weird. That's like, the kind of
1: thing I. Uh, they're
0: so behind on on these things. Yeah. It's funny.
1: <laughs> I uh, I dealt with that shit when I had to call Microsoft because, like, two years after I stopped playing xbox live at all i was like shit i need to cancel my xbox live subscription and i called them up and so when i first got the xbox 360 i was a minor and i was stupid enough to get like my mom to register it for me like with her credit card or something like that so so that like it was it still detected me as being a minor i think even though i was like 20 something (laughs) and so it um like wouldn't let me do certain things on it but so then i had to like okay i had to like call my mom up and be like all right i need your email address and password from like eight years ago and and she was like i don't know i don't know what those are and i was like sorry that's (laughs) we'll have to figure it out and so we had to like i had to, well i had to call fucking microsoft and get that shit first and then even once i had that shit i had to deal with their shitty website that's i don't know if you've ever had to like navigate the depths of the microsoft support website but it is the worst experience of my entire life made me want to kill myself. And I finally got through it by calling them up and having them do it on their end. They couldn't tell me how to do it on my end. Like I, they were just like, I don't know why that's happening. Like I was getting stuck in like a loop, like trying to do it. And like, it was just sending me to the same pages over and over. And on the support lady at the other end was just like, I'll just have to do this for you. And I just had to sit on the phone as she like manually deleted my account. And that was just not even deleted the account. That was just to, unsubscribe from xbox live i just had to go through this insane process just to stop paying them my fucking money it was really bad
0: now it wasn't like that for with nintendo like they were super eager to help me they're like oh yeah we can totally do that let's here what's the number they were so helpful and it was really easy but it's just surprising that you can't just move your account over yeah it's it's such a simple thing and it's 2015 now but they've always been (laughs) behind on on like online features so definitely is really not that surprising but still and um, so yeah that's the Wii U and the last thing of my week I watched um, errant signals new video his uh, review critique his transmission on Grand Theft Auto (sighs) 5 and it's it's one of the worst videos he's made which is saying something if you're not familiar with him He's like analyzes games, and he does it all seriously, but he doesn't do it all that well either, I think. And what, of course, he always harps on misogyny and you know problematic messages and and implying certain structures of blah blah blah. And this time, I thought it was, I don't know, you you skimmed through some of it. I watched the whole thing, and he every one of his videos to me. He always spends time, whether it's a lot or a little, talking about dissonance, harping on some kind of dissonance. He identifies some dissonance, like ludonarrative dissonance, Mm -hmm. or these things seem to be at odds with one another. And in this case, he was basically saying that the game's kind of cynical, over-the-top, jokey bits are at odds with some of the really touching, heartwarming moments. And it's just, he's completely unable to deal with any kind of tonal... Complexity if a game is communicating any kind of Relationship of ideas and not just one idea. He just oh, he can't, he can't
1: deal with it Metal Gear and Solid so, must drive him insane.
0: I, don't, I doubt he's even played it, but jeez <laughs> like the, he, he pointed out this one scene where um, Michael and his son are talking about and then he says something like, you're just a drunk dad. And and Aaron Swayden was like, this was a perfect time for them to finally show some sincerity and heart. And then it had to end with, so will you buy me a car now? But, like, Grand Theft Auto Five does something really cool, which is, I don't know. There's there's a tension that exists in the real world between sincerity and cynicism. Yeah. Both have a place in reality. And, you know, the son... He loves his father. He also loves nice cars. Like people use one another that they love because you know they. It's it's an idea that isn't necessarily at odds with itself.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's, like never, it's like he's never. It's like he's never. I saw that part. Like I skimmed. I would say I probably saw fifty percent of the video. I, I was skimming through it, but I was I was staying on like a lot of the points that he was making, and um, that part I saw. And I was thinking like, has he never watched just any kind of comedy? TV show or movie where heartwarming things happen, but then end with a punchline. Like it happens all the fucking time. It's not anything to frown upon in my opinion, like especially if it's done well. And I mean, Grand Theft Auto V isn't, I mean, it's, it's, it's well-written, but it isn't fantastic. Like the satire is, is Mm -hmm. obvious and not, not, not anything groundbreaking or, 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 but it's not trying to be either. It's just trying to be decent. You know, it's trying to have a good, Plot and and funny moments and it it succeeds at that one hundred percent like it's it was I I was very entertained by Grand Theft Auto Five story especially Michael's story which a lot of people had problems with but I thought that it was the most entertaining story to me even though it was kind of like The Sopranos the most but,
0: the most frustrating part of the critique to me was with the torture scene because obviously he talked about he misidentified satire of. Of media portrayals of women as being an actual negative portrayal of women which of course he's going to do because he's looking for that I didn't that I didn't so much mind that but when he was talking about the torture scene He was saying that the scene itself was good because it, it was a social commentary on torture, okay But then he said that the scene was undermined by Trevor Waxing poetic about it in the car and explaining his position on it. He thought that that was just a blunt Explanation of the subtext of the previous scene, but what he missed completely is that it was making fun of people like him People who are gonna look at a scene like that and then try to Moralize all the little details and make it into this hyper complex social commentary about things Like the one part that was targeted specifically at him went way over his head. That was hilarious to me like if if there's any GTA targets all kinds of people and it, it kind of glosses over lots of different social topics and satirizes a lot. But more than anything, probably the purest target of GTA satire is the cultural moralizer, the one who, yeah. you know, picks through life with a fine-tooth comb for any kind of impropriety or because impure that's, expressions that's, that's of that's meaning and ideas. Because that's the they're
1: having to deal with in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, those writers yeah. are dealing with that 100% of the time. And 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 of course they're going to write about that, but but of course those people are the last people to realize that they're the ones being made fun of.
0: I thought it was great. I, th- I thought that moment was so good because it was that, exactly directed at him, and he couldn't tell.
1: That didn't piss me off though as much as the as much as the misogyny part, because like first of all, he's nowhere near the first person to look at the satirical. Like he's showing these commercials in his review that are like um, very obviously making fun of the obsession with, you know, big titties and beer of the American like commercials and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's exaggerating that 10 times just to get a point across. Obviously like it's clearly not trying to objectify women. It's, 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 it's satirizing the objectification of women. Um, but he showed it as if it was the objectification of women rather than any kind of satire, um, any kind of self-aware <laughs> critique. Well, what and, he's
0: saying is that it's not really satire because it's lazy satire. I,
1: I, yeah, that's just not an argument, though. Yeah, yeah, it is lazy satire. I agree. I don't think it's very well written. It didn't make me laugh very hard because it was it was lazy. But it that doesn't make it misogynistic. It just makes right. it lazy. Um, but then, the, but that didn't even piss me off because okay, I've already seen the game reviewers that have done that and it's been annoying. But whatever. Of course, they're going to do that, like you said. But then he goes on and says, it's not like in Grand Theft Auto 4, where when you were doing the dating stuff, which it wasn't great, but at least they tried. Grand Theft Auto 4's dating shit yeah. was awful, not only from a gameplay perspective, but if anything objectifies women, that was it, because you're basically just dating them until you can have sex with them. Like, that was the mm-hmm. objective. What the fuck are you saying? Like, And
0: ugh. and they were they were markers on a map, and you could... Use them and interact with them whenever you wanted, and then ignore yep. them whenever you wanted. You could just was, hang up
1: on them, and it was pretty much consequence-free. Yep. And just yeah, fuck. And fuck what he that said guy. was,
0: what he said was, it wasn't perfect, but yeah. at least it, you know, <laughs> it wasn't just not perfect. It was miserable to yeah, play. It was terrible. It was so bad, and it makes you do it like once or twice. It sucked. Yeah. It was so bad. And,
1: you know, I, I'm not familiar with his other work. I don't hate the guy, but I I vaguely know of his opinions, and I was watching that. Basically the whole reason I was skimming through it was to like look at these specific points and say like oh I wonder what he has to say about that and it was exactly what I fucking expected him to say and and maybe a little worse
0: I'm subscribed to him, and I've seen every video he's ever made and I don't like basically any of them I (laughs) I stay subscribed subscribed to to get pissed off for one because I enjoy that and two um, he he and um, some other critics I like, Grant Vogtel is one, Adam Sester is a bigger one, but he's not active anymore. They kind of represent this new guard of uh, highfalutin English 101 games criticism that just irritates me to no end. And I, I I gotta stay up on that kind of thing, because they are the number one threat to me <laughs> as far as... I, I care more about that stuff than I do about Anita Sarkeesian or anything, because People like that get taken seriously by people who are generally with it and smart, but they rope people in with these half baked analyses from from cultural critique lenses that aren't even fully explained. Like did you see his Civ Five thing? No. Where he said like the barbarians represent like Cultural imperialism because oh, you know all they do sake. and he's you know I know that they weren't intended this way They were just meant to be an early game threat But it winds up suggesting that some ways of living aren't as good as other ways and okay <laughs> So congrats for putting your finger on that pal great detective work now explain to me how living without roads modern medicine science art education um, <laughs> Civil freedom anything now you have to explain why that, why the suggestion that that's less desirable is problematic, because he used the words problematic. What he does is he puts his finger on something that, that already is problematic from his point of view, and then he calls it problematic, and then because people were already roped in by that identification process that most other people don't do, then they're just with him, and they accept the argument that it's problematic, and he doesn't even have to complete the thought yeah he irritates me a lot i
1: first of all about the fucking barbarians they are like they've gone down in history as destroying everything that culture has tried to improve and 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 they've systematically gone about and tried to burn it all down so fuck that guy for like saying that we are being i I guess being i don't want to say racist but prejudiced against barbarians (laughs) Fuck's sake anyway, um Yeah, so that's, that's yeah, my that, week, I guess. that's annoying. I guess maybe I'll have to look at his videos and get and get angry for uh, For entertainment. Oh, you'll
0: enjoy it. You'll enjoy it
1: But at least at least people like him aren't going like on CNN You know?
0: Yeah, he doesn't I guess but as far as talking about video games go he's taken seriously by circles that I run in generally which is irritating because obviously yeah. I don't care what grandma thinks about video games. If grandma sees Anita Sarkeesian on TV, I don't, I'm, you know, that sucks, but I, I'm not so concerned about it. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could
1: talk I could talk about this guy all day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hate well, him so much. He it gives me
1: energy. I'm going to take over your hosting job temporarily and segue into yeah, yeah. someone that I could talk about all day, uh, who similarly is taken seriously, even though he shouldn't uh and his name is game over greggy, and he is or he used to work as of today at i g n um as a games reviewer and general actually i think he was kind of not laid off but moved away from the from from reviewing games and he was moved to just be like a, a host of various uh, a podcast and like a, a, a various video uh series and whatnot um and he he and three other people from IGN came out with an announcement today that said we quit IGN uh and we're starting something called uh let's see kind of funny is what it's called and uh well kind of funny games and and it's a YouTube channel and it's him and these three other guys it's it's Greg Miller that's Game Over Greggy Colin Moriarty who you will talk about soon uh, <laughs> cuz you're familiar with him. Oh yeah uh Nick Nick Scarpino and Tim Geddes, I don't know who those two are. But they've started this YouTube channel, which is great, fine. They've they've quit IGN to do this. Um, I started reading about it, first of all, because Game game Over Greggy, Greg Miller, that, that sparked something in my head. Like, I remember that name from somewhere. IGN. I, I feel like I saw something about this recently. And I, I Google Greg Miller, IGN. And what do I find? Um, a review that he made from... Let's see, I think it was back in 2011, early 2011, maybe late 2010. uh, He reviewed Dead Space 2. He reviewed Dead Space 2 for IGN. And uh, I was going to read some excerpts from this. uh, I'll put a link in the description after this is done about, like, there's a a guy who kind of goes through and critiques it just a little bit. But, all right, here's the introductory paragraph. And it is, in every way... As you would know, an introductory paragraph. Dead Space 2 is an amazing game. I'm going to write about its scary moments, cool kills, and how much I dig the main character's internal struggle. But Dead Space 2 is about more than this. When I beat it for the first time, I sat on the couch with my heart racing and dissected the journey I had just taken. Then, I started my second playthrough, and when that was done, I jumped into a new game for the third time. Dead Space 2 is just that good. So that's how he starts it out. <clears throat> and, um, we say, uh, let's cool see, kills. I think it's the, That's my favorite. Yeah, the second paragraph, he briefly explains the the plot. Uh, he's acts quite exciting for it. He says, from the very first moment of the game, Isaac's fighting for his life. Uh... <clears throat> and, uh... My god. Uh... Let's see. Isaac's losing his mind in Dead Space 2. The guilt is tearing his very sanity apart. And then my favorite line in the entire review. Uh, I don't know where this comes after because I'm reading a condensed version, but uh, he segues into his list of things that he likes about the game by saying this. But I have lots of favorite parts to Dead Space 2. Lots of favorite parts. You know,
0: sometimes I'll watch like a Mr. B. Tung or Matthew Matos' this video. And I'll think that they're really pushing games critique forward. And then I read this, and this guy deserves a medal because this is beautiful. This is a masterpiece. It's, it's
1: great. I, F- I,
0: I Lots I, of favorite parts to thank Dead you, Space Thank too. you,
1: IGN, for bringing us such good... Uh, this guy, I looked it up because I was honestly concerned whether this was true. He graduated journalism school at a relatively respectable journalism school and... Um, with a degree in journalism and got hired by IGN to write this shit. Uh Jesus Christ. Uh so you need to re- you need to read the whole review because it's it's entertaining it's in a short terrible way. That you can read yeah, it's, in like it's, five it's not a long review. It is something that he looks like he probably wrote up in about 30 minutes before work. And um my god, it's 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 bad. Dead Space 2 single player is so good. You shouldn't question picking this game up uh it's also just needlessly overt with its praise of the game as if like it reads like the thing that you read on the back of the box um awful.
0: It, it felt like it was written to be on the back of the box like it hit yeah the, yeah the well that's something that this guy generic- points out
1: is that like <laughs> it looks like he's trying to get the the blurbs on the back of the box but um it it gets worse because the, the review ends And everyone goes crazy in the comments saying, this is fucking terrible. Look how terrible this review is. And, um, oh my god. So he makes a blog post on his IGN blog. And uh, he says, one of the hot Reddit topics of late has been um, that I reviewed Dead Space 2 and I seem like I'm in middle school. Uh, He says, I've breezed through the 470 plus Reddit posts and I find myself irritated. No, I'm not irritated that people are sourpusses about my review or that they don't like me. I'm upset because no one is telling me why my review sucks. <laughs> the
0: and, fact that uh, he can't even tell in retrospect—that's <laughs> the most damning thing. Like, it'd be one thing. You would think thing... that this
1: is something that he published really quick and knew it was bad. Yeah. But no, apparently not. If um, and even
0: if he didn't know it was bad at the time, if he if it was just like he shit it out quickly, like he was close to a deadline and just had to get it done, and you know but if he's sitting there looking back on it and he's still confused as to why people don't like it
1: really yeah and the thing is that people were going through line by line and doing like an analysis of it and saying exactly why it was bad but apparently he missed that when he was skimming over the posts he breezed um, through it he yeah breezed. and 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 i i there is a t- there's a tone of sarcasm to this uh maybe he's trying to piss people off who were in the thread that he read. But he says later in the blog post, he says that something that he learned from it was sign up for Reddit. Two years from now, I'm going to be on Reddit and hear about Zongobongo.com and go, what the fuck is Zongobongo.com?" And then it's going to be the next big thing. Get in on the ground floor of this stuff. And I, I honestly can't tell because of how bad the review is. I can't tell if he's being ironic or not. I can't tell if he actually thinks that Reddit is this new. Th- I mean, even in 2011, like, You should know. Have you seen his, like, talk show thing, IGN? I, I, no, I haven't seen it. I'm aware of it. He's, like, he's not very bright, and he tries really hard to be
0: charismatic and, like, funny. Yeah. Like, his new show is called Kinda Funny. Like, he tries really, really hard to be witty and quick and kind of funny. And he's yellow, not. But he's not. He's he's not. He's not quick. He can't keep up with the conversation. He has no charisma. He can't, you know, complete a thought
1: effectively or even understand things he reads. Yeah. He, he graduated journalism school. He got hired at IGN to write reviews. And as far as I'm aware, for the last several years, he hasn't been writing reviews for IGN because they've probably realized this is not a good talent we have here. And and they kind of like maybe out of pity, I'm, 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 I'm making assumptions here, but maybe out of pity, they kind of said, all right, you'll be our face of the videos and stuff. And you'll be our, you know, you'll you'll be the guy who hosts everything. And and that's what he does. And, and so he's not like with this new thing that he's created, going back to it, he isn't making the illusion that they're trying to like be a, a force in gaming journalism or anything. They're just saying, yeah, this is like a let's play and shit like that. But, um, the story goes further. Uh I I tried to dig into this and figure out what exactly was going on here. Uh there are two Patreons for this YouTube channel. Uh I I there was a hint in their video that, that there's a difference between the two. Like if you want to support this kind of content, you can subscribe to this Patreon, and if you want to support this kind of content, you can support this Patreon. Disgusting. Which That sounds weird and doesn't make much sense at all, because it's all one channel. But um, anyway, the the first Patreon is called Kinda Funny, uh, and they're creating internet videos and podcasts, and they are making $13,722 a month off of this Patreon. Um, The second Patreon is called Kinda Funny Games is creating gaming videos and podcasts. Is it a Let's Play? So the play? only difference... Is it a fucking Let's Play? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of it's Let's Play. I don't know what all they're doing, but yeah, they've acknowledged Ugh. that some of it... They're calling it Let's Play, yeah. Um, but the only difference between the titles and these two Patreons is that one has kind of funny games instead of kind of funny, and gaming videos and podcasts instead of just videos and podcasts. And the other And this one is making almost $10,000 a month. So they're making $23,000 a month for four people to create let's plays. Oh. Uh, and that's horrible. Jesus Christ. At least they
0: have to split it among themselves. Jesus, that's horrible. But
1: you split $25,000 between It's
0: still too much.
1: It's <laughs> a lot of money. It's 6,000 a month and 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 <laughs> my god. Um it's insanity and 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 people are fucking supporting this guy and and if, Yeah, I don't know if they don't know that that Dead Space 2 review exists or what and he doesn't seem all that fun to listen to to me I don't know. I guess people like him. I can't judge taste, but to me if
0: I I don't have a problem with judging taste I'll do it all the time. (laughs) So this is my take on him He's likable if you're a fucking idiot (laughs) And can't tell the difference between put on charisma and actual charisma like he is trying so hard and it's so obvious, and it just feels soulless to watch him try to be funny while he interviews these people. Yep. I hate it. I can't stand watching and, it.
1: And and reading through the Patreon is, like, really cringeworthy. Like, there's, it's so full of stuff like, we're doing this for you, and it's all thanks to you, and it's all about you, the fans. It's full of that shit. Like, and by one... the
0: third paragraph, he's already
1: mentioning Batman and Star Wars. Nerd humor. <laughs> 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 um, and here's a really nice thing that they're doing. Every month, if you donate, like, $3,000 or something like that, then you get to be on the show as a fifth guest or a fifth person? Just, like, they're letting anyone do that. Anyone pay money and just sit there on the show being the fifth wheel. That that has to be a disaster. That can't possibly be a good idea. Uh, <sighs> well, who, what kind of person... I know. Is that the kind of person you want to be on camera? Uh, Well, okay.
0: If somebody's if somebody's willing to pay two thousand, able and willing to pay two thousand dollars, I think three thousand is a shout out. Three thousand is a month of shout outs. It's basically just a a regular sponsorship, (laughs) and um, but two thousand dollars lets you be a guest on the Game Over Greggy show. But if you have $2,000 to spend on this stupid shit, you probably earned it somehow and have a lot sitting around. So you're probably at least competent enough to talk to other people. Yeah.
1: Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I guess that's their hope because, like, that is just setting yourself up for disaster. Like, like, what if we announced right now, like, someone from the chat can be a guest on our show next episode. It's like we have no idea if there will be any chemistry between us or if they'll even say anything. Will they just sit there and be, like, awkward? And I... I that it's it cannot be a good idea, uh, but regardless, that's that's my opinion on Greg Miller, but his uh, his his uh, his cohort,
0: Colin Moriarty. So, if you don't recognize the name Colin Moriarty, you have heard of him or at least what he what he did. If you remember Mass Effect three when it came out and people were justifiably upset about its terrible ending. Um, Colin Moriarty was basically the guy who was defending Bioware hardcore. And was like, they shouldn't have to change it. This is their art. And you, you gamers are entitled. Entitled gamers. This motherfucker started it. That's him. That's Colin Moriarty. So Greg Miller, Colin Moriarty, they got this new cool show that you should never watch because it's going to be bad. Oh, God. Colin Moriarty. And his his he did like this interview with Bioware, somebody from Bioware, and it was like him talking to them about. And don't you think that um, you know, there's this attitude of entitlement that you guys shouldn't have to. It was this. He was kissing their ass the whole time. Oh, yeah. It was embarrassing to watch. Embarrassing, and mm, he has this smug little, not like a grin, but like, you know, acting like he's. You know, I'm just I'm just asking questions here. Like, don't, don't you think gamers are entitled? You know. To... And we can, yeah, you can, you owe entitled gamers, you owe it to Colin Moriarty.
1: So there, he's teaming up with one of the worst games writers of all time to make a Let's Play, and you should donate money to them to be unemployed. This, oh, no. <laughs> this is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care.
0: This is more upsetting to me than like Zoe Quinn's Patreon.
1: <laughs> yeah, I... I uh, yeah, at least they're making something.
0: <clears throat>
1: at least they have. I a guess, product. but this
0: the 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 amount of money is unbelievable. Yeah. God. It's unreal, dude. Yeah, and maybe I, it's just because it just happened now that this seems. And worst, and and, but...
1: and apparently, to their credit, I guess, or to their fans' discredit, they're they are famous because they've earned it. At least, like they 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 haven't just like literally stumbled into this, this fame where like everyone's just suddenly has their attention on them because they're a victim of something or something like that. At least at least they've tried and and gotten somewhere through what they've done even if it isn't very good. <laughs> That's the best we can say about it.
0: Yeah, this is this is unreal. I'm not happy. I'm not a happy camper.
1: Yeah. Um let's let's move on before this becomes too depressing. Uh, yeah.
0: So uh five nights at Freddy's three Five Nights at Freddy's 1 <laughs> came out over the summer, or like like the end of the summer, August I think, right? And then Five Nights at Freddy's 2 came out in the fall. It was such a short delay, and it like added one mechanic. And now yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's 3 is announced. There's literally no other information yet except that it's happening, officially from the developer. There's a website and everything, and he tweeted about it, that people, you know, whatever. It's confirmed to be real. A third fucking game. And you might say, oh, we're joking, about her, but Friday Night's at Freddy's has all this cool lore. It's not just about jump scares. Yeah, I've seen that game theory video too. Basically, it's the the creepy pasta level writing for these games. It's just the, the most little bits of backstory, like this bad guy killed people. And put them in suits. Isn't that scary? And you find some of it through little flashing things, and it's basically creepy pasta writing. And yeah. that's what this is going to be too. I,
1: I, yeah, I, I've heard of like how people say it's nuanced because it's not the jump scares that scare you; it's the fear of the jump scares. But like, and that—that's the whole point of the jump scares is that you're constantly thinking they're going to happen, and it's a really cheap way to to get your. Uh, to get your spooks when compared to something like PT, which is an amazing horror game. Uh, but uh, I I've, I still haven't been able to figure out if people like that ironically or not. Like if the majority of the fan base is kind of like, oh, this is kind of a fairly shitty game that, that is funny to play because it's ridiculous. And the things make funny faces when they, they pop out at you. Like I know a lot of less players played it and it seemed like they were kind of ironic being ironic about liking it. But then I started reading more and more about it and people were like, oh yeah, it's really scary. And I, it's I not. I've, I've
0: played it. It's, it's just jump scares. But the reason that people don't hate on it as much as they should is because of the lore. Like, it doesn't explain the story behind it but there are little hints like news clippings on the wall that flash every once in a while that like explain that there was this event where somebody dressed in one of the costumes abducted kids and and killed them. and well it's a reference to a real-life killing that happened in a Chuck E. Cheese but it's, it's this very kind of superficial superficially interesting creepypasta writing that is cryptic and you know I I think it's way the writing of it's way overrated. Yeah. And it, it deserves the hate it gets. It's a stupid jump scare game with creepypasta in it.
1: Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs>
0: and now there's gonna be a third one in less than a year after after the first one came out.
1: Well you you don't want people to forget about your game before you come out with the sequel, so
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean he he is riding the fame, he you know <laughs> he's good at that.
1: Yeah. Um whatever. Fucking buy it if you want.
0: <laughs> or you know, have some dignity. It's like, it's like <laughs> if like they announced a goat simulator too. Just, just
1: uh, move on. I would not be surprised at all. Or it would be like squirrel simulator or something like that. But uh, God, goat simulator. People's praise of that game pisses me off. I don't mind that the game exists. It's the fact that people think it's fantastic in some way. Like it was a funny concept that was drawn on about. I don't know. Like past the first five minutes of gameplay, there's no point in playing that game or it existing like it's the same joke just Mm -hmm. drawn out really long and I, i i don't like like bad simulator games with weird physics is funny because it's not intentional so when you make it intentional it to me is completely no longer funny but fuck it whatever that doesn't matter um uh another thing happening this week is uh awesome games done quick agdq which is a i think it's biannual um it's a uh, week long streaming event where where uh speedrunners all come together at this hotel or something and they they play these games they try to speedrun these games live and uh it's it's just pretty neat like they've got this whole schedule laid out where like it's pretty much constant speedrunning and and um I, I they're doing it for cancer uh, some kind of cancer uh society that like specifically tries to uh, raise awareness for preventable forms of cancer, but so yeah good calls I think they change up the calls every like six months like every time they do an event They have a different thing that you're donating to so uh, it's a really cool thing And like it's fun to just tune in like when you have nothing to do and you want something on like you can just turn this on And there's something going on because it's a yeah. fucking twenty four hour 24-hour stream. And It's so like that, exactly
0: fun. what I wish streaming was all the time like yeah, because most of the time streams are just I I was about to say interesting. You got cool, wacky people streaming wacky stuff, or, you know, just being girls, (laughs) or whatever people do on streams. And it's just, like, you'd think that one of the most common uses for streams would be watching super high-level gameplay of whatever game you want to watch. And CSGO Pros do stream quite a bit, but there really isn't, like, much the highest highest level gameplay streaming going on at any one time. Yeah. So it's just nice to be able to fire up a stream and wow, this guy is like the best at this. Yeah. Or, or, yeah.
1: I, what I like about it is that they're not they're not doing it to make a popular stream. Like they're not like the the the, the people doing the speedrunner, they're just they do speedrunning because they think it's fun and they're part of that community. But like on the stream itself, they're not trying to be like a personality or anything. They're not trying mm-hmm. to be funny usually. There's a there's an infamous case of someone trying to be funny during it. and uh, Yeah, but uh, for the most part, it's like just a couple of guys kind of shooting the shit a little bit and just doing something that they're really good at and acting like it's no big deal and just talking about it as they do it as if – two normal people are just talking in a room without a camera on them. And I, I really like that about it. Like they just, they, they treat it like it's nothing. And it's, it's, it's relaxing to watch because of how casual it is and, and how casual they are about being really fucking good at these games. And it's, it's also really interesting when they're actually talking about the games that they're playing. Um, when they're like talking about like the strategies they're using or the, the glitches, like how the glitches work and stuff like there, there was a Banjo Kazooie one that I tuned into where, uh, they had a guy who wasn't playing, but clearly knew like was clearly one of the speed runner, like a speedrunner who just wasn't playing at the time. And he's like walking through it as the guy plays and he's saying, Oh yeah, this is a risky glitch, but you know, maybe it's worth him trying to do. And you know, this is stuff. a place where you can, you can jump up on the wall and it'll do this or this. And like, you're supposed to open this to get this jiggy, but you can get this through here. And um, that's, that's just really, like it's, it's kind of, it's mundane stuff, my mundane sounding, but it's just really nice to have on at, uh, uh when it's happening. And, uh, speaking of the Banjo Kazooie stream, I actually forgot about this, uh, Grant Kirkhope, the creator of the music for Banjo Kazooie, which is fantastic music. One of the best video game soundtracks of all time. Uh, he called in, uh, oh, to awesome. the, yeah, to, and they, they were talking to him as they streamed and he's like, God, he is such like a normal dude. He's Scottish. I think he's Scottish. And he, uh, he curses a lot and just like sounds like a totally normal guy and and uh he was talking about like the development of it and like giving all sorts of like stuff that that nobody knows like nobody ever heard this before about like a really famous game where he's talking about like oh yeah this line of audio that they just said that I had to record that like 10 times because Nintendo kept thinking I was saying fuck you <laughs> But I was really saying thank you and having to like change the, the pitch of it and, and Nintendo kept saying it was I was saying fuck you and trying to like sneak it into the game and then like all sorts of crazy shit like that. Have you seen it was, um, it was really fun with Cena Hill. Have
0: you seen the um the it was from old game grumps when John Tron was still on the show, but they had Grant Kirkhope on and it was basically just them talking to Grant Kirkhope while playing Banjo kazooie for like an hour and a half and there's so much cool stuff like um like the It was some bit of gibberish Mumbo says, but it's like, ooh, Minaka, or something. But he was actually saying, like, ooh, Minakas,
1: like his balls. Yeah, well, (laughs) they put a bunch of, like, he was talking that uh, Gruntilda, what is her last name? Gruntilda, the main antagonist of it, fuck, her last name has, like, a kind of obscure word for penis in it at least like it sounds like that and so it's it's gruntilda and it's something about penises and like he's just like yeah i mean we we named her that and nobody cared about that so i don't know why they cared about me saying fuck you and it was just like what the hell is he talking about
0: exactly like that was one of the funnier things in that um that game grump thing was just um jon tron and ego raptor being really confused about these Obscure British <laughs> words for for yeah. like balls and and he's like, oh, what do you mean you don't know it? I mean you know your neck is
1: <laughs> yeah like it was it, some it, completely obvious thing. It that's so it's so fun. Like I love. I wish more developers would talk about old games because like enough time has passed for games like that where nobody's gonna get in trouble and it's 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 fine to talk about anything that happened in development. But it doesn't happen enough. I I want like twenty years from now I want. Fucking Bungie talking about what went wrong with Destiny and and stuff like that. Like I want to get the skinny on what That'd be happens harsh. inside these game studios because they're so secretive, and and it's. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the time the answer is like really fucking boring, but every once in a while it's something really interesting and 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 uh, Rare is a very interesting or was a very interesting company and and. Uh, it, it's a legendary game. It's it's so well loved, and and him just kind of casually talking about its development and saying these things that nobody ever heard of. Like that's really cool to me. Like it was it was fun. Just like I tune into the stream and they're just like, oh, let's see if uh, let's see if Grant Kirkhope can call in. And he's like, oh, I'm not home right now. Like they tweet at him. And he says I'm not home, but then like 15 minutes later, he gets home and just calls him on Skype. And it was it was really fun. He's a cool uh, guy. Yeah. <sighs> uh,
0: so. In other news, Patrick Klepek, uh moved from Giant Bomb to Kotaku. Yep. I, I don't really have much to say about this. There I mean, isn't if much. If you're familiar with Patrick Klepik, he's like a self-professed SJW. Didn't did he actually literally. say that he yeah no he is literally, you know, wants, he, literally calls himself he identifies one. himself as a yeah. social justice warrior. Um, but honestly, the stuff that he said in the past really isn't that crazy. It's exactly yeah. what you kind of expect from somebody who would self-identify as a social justice warrior and yeah, uh, Kotaku makes more sense for somebody of his political persuasions. So, you know, <laughs> cool, I guess. I yeah. Know.
1: like I I, I, have, I, don't talk about it a lot. I, I've, I've mentioned before, I, I, I'm a pretty big fan of giant bomb. I really like their stuff. I, I, I listen to all their podcasts and, um, I, we based the form, the very basic format of this podcast off of their podcast and, uh, they're just a cool bunch of dudes and they're fun to listen to and they they talk about games more than they talk about game issues or shit like that they just talk about the games and what they like about the games and um and ostensibly i think they created the website at first to actually focus a little bit on like the financial side of games like economics and uh and a lot of that seeps through like they don't do that as much as they probably thought they might but um they talk like especially jeff gersman he's a very right. smart dude and he talks a lot about like Oh, you know, that's probably a marketing decision from high up, and da 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 da. Like he, like he talks about what I'm interested in in games, which is really rare to find. And so I, I, I felt like I kind of found like a little gem when I discovered about. Unfortunately, I just the way I really discovered about Giant Bomb uh, was was the death of Ryan Davies Davis, who um, he died two years ago, two and a half years ago. Yeah, maybe it was um, 2012. I don't know. And like I'd watched a few of their videos and thought they were really great, but I'd never like gone out of my way to find their other stuff. And when he died, like I was like, shit, I I really liked him. Like they had a he he, one of the funniest video game uh, things I've ever seen was him playing uh, some Japanese like baby simulator. Have you ever seen that? Where like you have to like. Cradle the baby and like rock it back and forth, and like there's little mini games where it's like oh you're supposed to cr- cradle the baby, and if you shake it, it goes like, No, 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 don't shake the baby <laughs> and like there's this video of him just shaking the baby, just like furiously shaking it with this like totally stoic look on his face, and as it just yells at him not to shake the baby and I thought it was the funniest thing ever, but um but that's how I really discovered about uh, discovered them and, and and I really liked them, and Patrick Klepik he was a nice guy. Like he fit in as far as like the chemistry between all the guys. Like he was fine. But the articles that he was pretty much the only one who really consistently writes articles for the website, and he just doesn't fit like their mo. Like he's he he is very open about how he is trying to push an agenda. He says like I w- I want to try to raise awareness about these issues and da 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 and and uh, I mean. People acted like he was doing that against Giant Bomb's will, which I don't think is true at all. But it definitely isn't. Like you said, it's not. Giant Bomb isn't the spot for that kind of thing. And the fact that he's moving to Kotaku is so obvious. Like, if I was like when a I fan heard about that, I was of like, oh, Giant Bomb, course.
0: then I would probably be happy. I guess I don't know. I, I don't know, listen to podcasts, so maybe you'd like him if if you heard him on there. But it seems like that kind of thing is more at home at Kotaku or some definitely. other Gawker-owned outlet than than Giant Bomb.
1: Yeah. Um it, and and yeah, he he doesn't seem like a shitty like a lot of people really fucking hate on him, but it's just because he has these shitty views about gamergate and shit like that, which fucking plenty of people have those kinds of views and I it, they they're still cool people like they just they just have a fucking perspective that you don't and and they're, and I think their perspective is is skewed and biased and and wrong, but that doesn't diminish them as a person. And <laughs> I wish people would stop being so shitty about that. Yeah, but there, uh, are, there are some people that
0: are just actually shitty people. Oh, and, well, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and do fall yeah. on on the, the anti-Gamergate side. Brianna Wu. But <clears> there are yeah, exactly. But just not being on the same side on that issue doesn't Im- immediately make you a shitty person.
1: Yeah, and, and and he is very good about like listening to the other side of an argument. Like like you if you come if you come to if you tweet at him or something and you try to make an argument like that that d- disagreeing with him and you're being polite about it and you're and you're being logical about it he'll talk to you about it he'll give you the time of day and he actually did like a really interesting interview with a uh oh fuck what was it he did an interesting interview with like um I think it was a hacker or a, no, it was a, it was a troll. It was like a self-proclaimed troll who just went on people's Twitter accounts and just fucking said mean things to him. And he did an interview with him, which was actually kind of interesting, but like good for him for doing stuff interesting with that instead of just saying, it's bad that people troll people on the internet. Um, But uh, yeah, whatever. I I like Giant Bomb a lot. Um, and, And I think overall, as, as, as terrible as this sounds, they are probably much better for not having him as (laughs) part of it, but he was like, he lived in Chicago and they lived in San Francisco and New York. So he was never like, he was hardly ever on any of the videos and shit. Like he mostly just wrote articles. So I think that's, I think that's really the main reason that he switched to Kotaku is because he wanted to do that uh, in a more full-time way than he was with giant bomb and you know, whatever. Um, So yeah, that happened.
0: And that looks to be about all we have in the way of news. I mean, this is coming off of the holiday season. There's not that much going on. The big bombs have been dropped. We're just waiting for 2015 to start in earnest. So, you know, news will accelerate as the year goes on, as Q1, as we as we Ooh, venture yeah. into Q1. Um, but, yeah, okay, so that's the news. And we have this idea, which is to do this... A little game awards of our own because that seems to be what everybody's doing these days. That's it's what the game, the, the game
1: developers they they emailed us. You know, um, Activision and Ubisoft these 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 publishers emailed us and said, "Listen, our cases, our game cases don't have enough quotable quotes and 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 seals of approval on them, and we need you guys to to get." To give your give us your approval and 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 give us something to put on our game cases. We've got so, we've got a quote from Gamespot
0: and IGN, but we really want something from Brutal Cum Powder If we can <laughs> put that on our box. That'd be great. Anyway, so yeah, we've we've been thinking about our some of our superlatives. If you haven't seen our uh, year in review videos, you should probably watch them because they're good, there and we are. had a lot of fun making them, and you'll probably like them. But if you're watching this, you've probably already seen them. But in case you haven't watch them um and we, we probably talked about some of this but we haven't talked about some of it either so the first thing we have listed here and jesus christ if everybody on the planet earth doesn't already know my answer to this but uh <laughs> i'll let you start biggest buyer's remorse
1: yeah I, I didn't have to think about this one very long but only because i didn't buy the game that you're gonna say um and i never would have bought the game that you're gonna say i my biggest buyer's remorse isn't necessarily a bad game it's just one that i regretted buying for full price which is uh middle earth shadow of mordor which um i I paid full price for it because it just looked i watched your stream of it where you were having a lot of fun because you were like we've talked about it before that moment where like more and more bosses kept showing up and you were actually in trouble and you were having to like run away and shit i was like holy shit this game is actually really fucking awesome and i buy it and like yeah there's awesome moments like that but I played eight hours and I haven't played it since because it's just like, it, it, you dropped it turns in, into nothing.
0: You dropped in on the singular best moment I've had yeah, in that game. exactly.
1: I literally like, that's when I started the stream is like when that was happening and then I stopped watching like after that happened. And like, that was my impression of that game and so I thought it was going to be the coolest thing ever and yeah.
0: Yeah, and like we talked about this before and you mentioned it in your video, but what? it has a really wonky difficulty curve. It starts out, challenging. You're not able to kill multiple orc captains at once. It's a it's a big effort. They can lay you out easy. But as it goes on, the game doesn't get more challenging. It gets substantially easier, exponentially so as you get new power-ups and stuff. Like once you start getting the ability to dominate orcs, and there yeah. are different skills that let you do it like immediately in combat, and then you can do it two in a row after a five-hit combo, which is really easy to rack up. And then eventually, the entire game is just trivial, and you know it just it doesn't. Yeah. I, if it was harder in the end, maybe I'd still be playing it now. If there was hate, any kind of end game.
1: I hate to harp on this, but I feel so strongly about it, and I feel like it 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 it's it's emblematic of like the rest of the industry of, of most games coming out today. Um. It, War of the Rings is definitely about having a power fantasy, and like it is the ultimate power fantasy video game. It gives you power, and like you feel like a badass when you're doing badass things. But that only is ever going to last so long when that when the power that you're given is so powerful that you can't be defeated. Um, the The badass moments in that game come early on when you've been killed by someone, maybe multiple times, and you finally defeat them. In like a really badass way, and you feel cool about it. But without those defeats, it's just nothing. It's mm-hmm. just, and so and so as you get better and better at the game, and the game gets easier and easier at the same time. Because not only does it give you these better powers, but you start to learn like the little tricks, which make it just super easy to to, to play. Um, you stop. Getting in these situations where you feel like you can actually die, where you feel like you're having to take a risk, and the only way you're going to feel like a badass is if you're having to overcome odds. Like, right. what what movie have you ever seen where the main character does something badass and isn't overcoming uh, substantial odds? Like, it's it's always it's always him coming through against all odds, not 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 because he's fucking god. And and right. so it, games need to. Games need to be more difficult in general, I think. Like, AAA games need to, to try a little harder to actually pose a challenge. But, but like, Dark Souls, that feeling of defeating a boss, that badass feeling of, of, of finally conquering a boss in Dark Souls would never come. It didn't come in Dark Souls 2 hardly ever for me because that game was so easy to me. Like, I just had a really easy time with it. And, and that that I, my enjoyment of the game suffered substantially because of that. Like, um,
0: like the, the most basic... Simple difficulty curve the laziest one possible. is just a linear start easy get hard Cooler games that are you know more with it can do a kind of exponential thing where it really tests your metal by the end of it And then I don't know this isn't even logarithmic It doesn't even like slow down in the difficulty It just gets so easy by the end that it's not even worth playing. Yeah, you can just breeze through it. Basically, close your eyes. I think there was a video of somebody just not looking at the screen or turning the screen off, and hitting buttons and winning yeah, by the end because they had yeah. certain abilities that let them. Yeah, they they, it, it they, just,
1: they were fighting a huge group of orcs and they just tapped space bar until they were all dead.
0: It yeah, that game had so much potential to be really good yeah. though. If they I, gave I, it like two more months, two more months of development.
1: I'm I'm glad I'm glad the game exists because I think that that. Uh, Nemesis system has a lot of... like It's a really good idea in concept that could be used in a lot of different ways by other game developers that are actually good at making their own game rather than just Batman and Assassin's Creed combined in one. Yeah. Um, which is literally all that game is if you strip out the Nemesis system. It is literally Batman and Assassin's Creed. That's it. There's nothing else original about that fucking game. Um, so, god damn. I, 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 I want a developer to do something cool with that system. It, maybe even them. Maybe they'll... Come out with a sequel or a spiritual successor that actually has some interesting mechanics, but honestly, I doubt it. Because this, my problem is this: this game has been so well received. Like I talk about being a fan of Giant Bomb, but I disagree with their views on games all the time because they put this on the top of their Game of the Year list, mostly because there wasn't any competition whatsoever. But that's a, not also even true, they,
0: though. They just didn't even play good games.
1: They, 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 yeah, they, they didn't give some games a chance, and and and, but. Basically, like the way they do their game of the year list is like they kind of come to a consensus on things. <laughs> and with a lot of the games that are really well loved, uh, half of them hated them or never played them. And so, like, Shadow of Mordor was the only one that they'd all played and had a positive experience with. So that's why it was on the top of the list. And I, I, I hated that because I don't think it deserves pretty think much people any i too afraid
0: to give exclusives game of the year because, like, Bandetta Nintendo not shit out of the park. Yeah. any one of three different Wii U games could have won Game of the Year. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, it, yeah,
1: they, but in in general, game reviewers have been giving Shadow of Mordor way more praise than I think it deserves, just because they played the first two hours and loved it, and then I don't know. I don't know why they never got tired with it. Like it seems like most people completed it without problem, and I I got eight hours into it and just couldn't play anymore. I mean, I I still might complete it at some point, but, like, I feel like I, there's nothing I can get out of the game now. Like, I've done all the really badass stuff anyway, except, like, oh, now I can jump on a bigger monster and kill more dudes, yeah. but, like, who gives a shit? I, it just... I
0: didn't dislike it as much as you, but I still didn't like it um i finished it but by the end it was definitely a chore but thankfully for me at least that part didn't last too long by the time i felt like i was done having fun it was over or or just yeah. about it didn't feel that much for me
1: i was trying to do a lot of the side quests and i was i oh, was I trying to like it. clear out the captains and everything like i was trying to like be a completionist about it and and maybe that's part of yeah I...
0: it you if if By that time, if you sink that much time into the game, you're just an invincible god by the time yeah. you're doing story no. missions. No. So my biggest, um, my the game that gave me the biggest buyer's remorse was Harmo Night for the 3DS. <laughs> uh, Harmo Night is not a good rhythm game. Lots of unskippable cutscenes, scenes. And um, yeah, the music isn't good. Very repetitive music. Costs like $30 when I bought it. Didn't really enjoy it. It just paled in comparison to most of the other great rhythm games on Nintendo systems. Rhythm Heaven, especially. Holy shit! Some of the best rhythm games ever made, if not the best. And um, that's only if I'm counting uh, things that should legally be allowed to be called games. Oh, okay. If we if we want to oh. if we want to expand our horizons a bit, Lords of the Fallen. Lords of the Fallen. I didn't enjoy a second of my time, even a little bit. I hated it. I hated everything about it. I hated its DRM. I hated how it made me buy it. And I hated the terrible bosses and the shitty controls and the unresponsive garbage. Terrible, terrible. Avoid it at all costs. Some people actually like the game. I've heard people say, like, it's okay. Those people are wrong. Yep. They're just wrong. It's It's a bad game. You shouldn't buy it. Don't ever touch Lords of the Fallen. You'll thank me for it.
1: Yep, I agree, one hundred percent. I, 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 you don't need to. Here's the thing: look up a YouTube video of someone playing the, you know, the first boss or, of that game, and and you will not need to play the game to understand that it does not seem very fun. Uh, Jesus, that fucking game! I, I can't.
0: And I didn't. Maybe people will say that I'm being unfair because I didn't finish the game. I put like three or four hours in the game. If you don't enjoy a single moment of your time by that yeah. point, it's time to stop. I don't hate myself that much. It's, don't, just don't, don't fucking bother.
1: Yep. Uh, so
0: next on here is um best art or graphics. So, yeah, I, this one's tough. This one's tough, because there was a lot of good-looking games this year.
1: Yeah, I, for, I, I would separate art and graphics first of all. Um, Visual and aesthetics? I, I know what my two games are. Yeah. I, I, if, if you would say visual aesthetics overall, I, I would almost definitely say Transistor. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as graphics go, Transistor, I mean, I, honestly, there's some things in Transistor that, that just don't look good. I mean, like that, that game has a serious problem with like enemies being close to each other that like, you can't even tell that there's two enemies there and crap like that because it's like it's got this 2D thing going on. Um, but the 3D models.
0: Anything 3D in Transistor is just kind of okay. The 2D yeah. is the best, the best.
1: Yeah, um, but but the 2D also sometimes interferes with the gameplay in a way that I don't like, and and just like, uh, yeah, uh, art. The art style Transistor is fucking fantastic. Uh, I, I love it. Uh, it's it's so cool how like the uh, the AI or whatever as it's taking over the city, it looks like a fungus, and then it leaves everything like white. I I, I that's a cool game. Like they they. they 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 have just so, such a cool atmosphere and art style with that, but um graphically i I'm gonna have to give it to ground zeros uh just but only during the night and only while it's raining, <laughs> yeah, during the daytime it really doesn't look that good
0: ground zeros look fantastic um yeah, transistor's my pick for best overall visual aesthetics too I mean that was just a gorgeous game but my honorable mention would probably be Mario Kart 8 for Wii U it's it looks so good it it it's beautiful that
1: is a I, it's kind of hard to game.
0: it really does and it's all 60 frames per second beautiful smooth what they really did a good job with is just the the subtle like effects like shiny things or the water it's all kind of cartoony mario style but it feels like this is this is as good as it, as a Mario game can possibly look. Like this is going to hold up in fifty years. I I can't say that about Ground Zeroes. Like Ground Zeroes is incredibly realistic, if not the most realistic looking game of its time. So far at during the night, I mean maybe Crisis is technically more detailed, but it Ground Zeroes is a better looking realistic thing for me. But it's not going to hold up in fifty years. Mario Kart Eight, I could sit back. Fifty years from now, and and enjoy looking at it. It's just it's pretty. It's that's nice. the
1: that's the nice thing about Nintendo games is that they they truly except maybe on the Nintendo sixty four, which was just rough. They they truly never uh, age. Like even like GameCube games like Mario Sunshine and stuff. Like going back and playing those, like it looks fine because they they simplify the art style exactly where it needs to be for the hardware that they're working with, and and they're doing that with the Wii U too for mo- for the most part. Like. Like look at Bayonetta 2 and that's a game where they were trying to make a game that didn't work on the system that they were working it for. Like it, that game to me the a lot in a lot of areas looks really ugly. I mean it's got a cool art style and stuff, but like <clears throat> for the scale that they were working with and all that stuff, like it just doesn't work on the Wii U as well as it could on like a PC or something. Uh but you look at a Mario game, uh, if you look at Smash Brothers and 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 and, and Mario Kart they simplify the art style to a point where it doesn't matter what the hardware is. It just looks good. It's simple. And it's, it's, I I, I do love that.
0: And I think in a lot of ways, Nintendo games are timeless, but even something like sunshine, I can still, if I look at it, I can say, uh, it, it looks good. I don't have a problem with it by any means, but it's still not like the best it could possibly be. If I look at an up, is it upscaled or downscaled? I don't know what it is. If you emulate Galaxy, Super Mario Galaxy for the Wii, if you emulate it at HD resolutions, yeah. that looks about as good as you could possibly ever expect it to. And the Wii U is even more that because you're not even trying to emulate. Like there with the Mario art style, the general like simple colors, simple models, you know, round things, not too many detailed polygons this is as good as Mario's going to look. The only thing visually that could be improved is aliasing. Yeah. It, 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 it's not even that big of a deal.
1: And I mean, they could add detail, like they could add more objects on the screen and crap like that. But like in the end, it, it, with that art style. You're, you're, you're fine where you are. Like there's no need to, to, to do anything more with it. Um, it, they could probably, they could probably make things in the distance look a little better, but they, from what I've seen, they look fine. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and I also think um, this is going to sound crazy. I think Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare deserves an honorable mention for its graphics. Uh, it looks like they finally—I don't think if they—I don't know if they've announced or not whether it is truly a new engine, but I think it is because their engine was really old. It was like a version of Unreal like two. It was like fucking old as shit, and they—they um, they made modern warfare. Advanced Warfare actually look like a modern game, and it runs at sixty FPS and shit. So good for them honestly like it, it actually looks good um watching that game is 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 it's pleasing for once yeah uh because i honestly like the last several call of duties have been like oh it's so ugh. just like their engine is so gross uh but yeah good for them
0: so next category best company do you have any uh nominees in mind
1: Uh, I've got a lot in mind. Um, I, I already know what, you go first. Um, Okay. I'll probably just agree, honestly. So,
0: for me, it's no question, Nintendo. Like, they they just, nobody even came close to them this year, and we're not the first people to say that either. Like, who else had such a commanding lineup of fantastic games this year? Mario Kart 8, Bane 2, Super Smash Bros. 4. If they're just unbeatable this year. No one can touch them. Um, they got me to buy a Wii U, and I wasn't expecting to buy a Wii U. I thought my brother had one that was enough, but they they made me buy another fucking next gen console. And yeah. already, I'm it's better than the PlayStation Four that I bought two years ago. So, so I, I it was it one year ago. I think it's one year ago.
1: I don't own yeah. a Wii U, and I don't plan on getting one soon. Oh, uh, you, should. you should. But I might have to agree that that Nintendo's the best company, just, I love the, I just, I love Nintendo. They just, they, the way that they do things is so, it's cute, and sometimes it seems like they're not even trying to be cute, and, like, it's unintentionally cute, and, like, (laughs) just me and and yeah, Anuma
0: yeah. doing that uh thing with zelda wii u that was yeah, so adorable like, there's,
1: there's a lot of stuff that they've done that's been shitty like in relatively recent times like the youtube shit where they've taken down or not taken down videos but but monetized them for their own like that was kind of shitty and and weird not a good decision i don't think for it a company to make but that was a while ago as of this year they've been pretty good um they're I,
0: kind of backwards in some weird ways, but it's not enough to make me dislike them.
1: But the, the company that I've noticed most of all, and really this is more of an individual, although it is a group of people, only one of them you really only see, um, the H- Hello Games, the creator of No Man's Sky. Uh, God, what is his name? The guy that 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 does all of their like press stuff, like goes to the actual events and stuff like that. No idea. Ah, oh, fuck, I forgot his name. He, um... Ah, oh, God, it's on the tip of my tongue. He, first of all, he shows up at last year's, or the year before last now, but uh, the, the 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 VGAs, I guess, video game awards, yeah, on, on uh, Spike or whatever. Uh, he shows up to that, and that was a fucking terrible show. It was a fucking train wreck the whole time. Everyone was like, this is all fucking terrible. Twitter was exploding just about how terrible the whole thing was. Everyone was watching it out of morbid fascination. And then they go, okay, and here's a little indie game that we're going to, you know, they were kind of acting like it was almost just like something offhanded that they were just kind of like, all right, we'll give, them, we'll give them a few minutes, you know, to talk about their cool little indie game. They come on there. He comes on there alone. And uh, first of all, the guy, he's this British guy, and he's really, like, humble looking. He's quiet. He's not, like, awkward quiet. He's just, like, you know, un- 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 unintrusively Like, just kind of, he sits down on the couch, and he just seems like a nice guy, and, and, um, and he starts talking about his game, and, and, yeah, it sounds really cool, the stuff he's talking to, talking about and shit, and then they show No Man's Sky, and it was like, wow, this is the savior of video games, like, this is the one good thing at this entire show, and it blows everyone away, and, uh, He just consistently every time he comes up on stage and shit like he just seems like such a nice guy and and everyone started Criticizing No Man's Sky for not having enough gameplay footage shown and shit And I I always just like I can't criticize this fucking guy He's like he comes up on their own stage and he just seems like such a nice dude, and I can't do it Um, I like him a lot. Sean Murray. Thank you chat.
0: I do want to say one last thing about Nintendo just cuz it happened today Well the phone call I had with them. I mean not being able to do the accounts Easily is a weird Nintendo idiosyncrasy that shouldn't exist, but just being on the phone on hold with them was—it made me smile because instead of like regular hold music, it just starts playing the Ocarina of Time field theme, and I'm yeah. just like, "Oh, that—that's—that's fun. That's fun. I like that.
1: <laughs> They're a good company. They're fun." Yep, yeah, good for them. So, congratulations, Nintendo.
0: Yeah, now, now you can rest easy because. The only people that matter have given you the approval you seek. That's right. Next on the docket is something we missed. Best soundtrack.
1: Yeah, I think this one's pretty obvious. Like, Transistor pretty much blows everything out of the water to me. I I can't really think of much else, honestly.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, Smash Wii U is.
1: Yeah, close, that has like a really nice set set list really, and stuff. Yeah, like, like, like,
0: like, like, like most of it's just from other games, so they, you know, calling that the best soundtrack is kind of strange. So
1: they added some really decent songs to Grand Theft Auto V uh, in the HD release. They added quite a lot of songs, actually. Yeah, um, but it's not like original. No, yeah, I, and and yeah, I, Transistor. Like, even if you don't want to play Transistor, if you don't want to buy it, just look up Transistor OST and on youtube and watch the first few or listen to the first few songs that show up and like it's fucking good it's it's oh and, and it's so cool too how they implement it where like i was playing it today or you know yesterday actually and um when you go into like the planning mode or whatever the humming she hums the song mm, that's, that's played in the level like ah that's so cool they, they've recorded two versions of every song just for when you're in the planning mode and and it just seamlessly switches between them
0: well, there's also the hum button. Yeah. You can yeah, press everything. a button and then she just kind of sways back and forth with the transistor and hums along to the music. Yeah, it's pretty good. And they updated cool. I didn't even notice this until I was making my year-end video. Because I bought the um the game bundled with the soundtrack on Steam and they updated it. I have no idea when this happened. This might be really, really old news. But they updated it to include the hummed versions of the songs and the corrupted versions of some of the songs like the corrupted version of the song in circles is my favorite song in the game. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm really happy that they did that. That's neat. So yeah, there's best soundtrack. Do you want to tackle the worst company <laughs> Cause...
1: Uh yeah, and I haven't really decided what my answer for this one's going to be. Uh the first of all, the 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 probably true answer is is obvious. It's Ubisoft because holy shit, Ubisoft is have been consistently terrible throughout the year.
0: They didn't just put their feet in their mouth. They ate their entire leg.
1: They they fucking, yeah, they've... God, I I, I can't... Because, like, not only do they fuck up with releasing broken games and shit like that, but then, like, their responses to their fuck-ups are just as weird and stupid and just... Holy shit. Th- th- things do not look good for them. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. I don't even know if there's any close competitors. I, I,
0: I can't think of any. I mean, like,
1: fuck, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, even like, even like, even the classic, like, Microsoft and EA, like, they just, they've been kind of quiet, and they haven't, really like, Microsoft, they've lowered the price of their console, which was probably the right thing to do. They, they added, they removed the Kinect as being a required feature and shit, like, everything that they've done has seemed like a pretty good decision that benefits the customer as well as them, and so... Can't really blame them. And then Sony, I've been defending them for the last couple of podcasts, I think for good reason. I, I don't think they're a bad company, at least in the last year or so. And
0: Fucking Ubisoft,
1: man. Ubisoft's making everyone else look really good, too. Like, god damn.
0: I guess if there's an honorable mention, it'd be Concept, the Mighty Number no. 9 company. Uh, Have you seen been, the leaked, uh, yeah. or not the leaked, I think they just they distributed just the beta released. to Kickstarter people. I think they
1: wanted people to see this. I think it's
0: beta. <laughs> right now for for backers but you've seen it right yep oh god oh god it looks so (laughs) bad it just looks dumb the animations are not good it's basically just shoot 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 dash 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 it looks so easy and the level that the pr people said is the toughest level in the game still looks easy as shit like the the person is just breezing through it spamming the shoot and dash button it it's not looking good for them i'm so glad that i didn't put money into that and if you just that and then the the dina community manager thing that happened last year but it still did it happen last year I, I think, it happened, last I think year. it
1: happened last year and people are bringing it up again because the game looks like shit and they they're blaming yeah. her for
0: it It's it's not her fault. Clearly. Oh, it's, it's not it. her fault that the game is bad But the fact that they kept her on Clearly she was hired nepotistically her fucking boyfriend works for the company and she's has basically no experience at all and sucks at a job and created a PR nightmare. You don't want your PR company or no, sure. company you don't want your PR department to be your only PR nightmare. That is completely counter to the job they're supposed to do. I mean, at any other company, at a company that's run by shareholders or a board of directors, she'd be out because she's a massive liability. But because the whole thing is backed by charity and good-natured fans of Mega Man, there's really no reason to fire her because it doesn't represent any risk for them. It's, you know, they're, they're... they clearly don't give a shit about Fucking the community that man. they don't give a shit about the community that made their game and continued existence possible. So, you know, they they deserve an honorable mention for shitty shit.
1: Yeah, someone mentioned Double Fine as well as an honorable mention, which ding.
0: no. If they actually deliver on Broken Age Act Two in this quarter of 2015, like they said they would, it it's, whatever. I don't it's, really care about them.
1: It's shitty that, that, that. they that they haven't really lived up to what their promises were like, as far as like their time frame and all that shit. Um, but the, honestly, if you didn't expect that from a fucking Kickstarter, like that's going to happen period. Like that happens with games that do have deadlines that are made by AAA developers. They, they get pushed back. So why the fuck would a Kickstarter game come out on time when they have zero application? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous to expect anything more. I, I, it doesn't make it much less shitty, but like, it's no surprise and just like who gives a shit
0: and i think my anger there is tempered by how good act when a broken age was because it was really good it was, I, I, was I fun i want to play it it have well things about it it looked too, pretty it was cool it yeah. was fun it was cool the voice acting is the best part that would be if we want to add it's not written down but maybe it should best voice acting would go to broken age for me
1: i would nominate also um i would nominate uh god what are they called the the people making star citizen
0: (coughs) the uh i don't know
1: yeah i I forgot what they're called but i i hesitate to nominate them because i think that it's only their fan base that deserves all the hatred uh and that they're just responding to a really stupid gullible fan base who will pay hundreds of dollars for a ship that doesn't exist and, and 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 they'll look at gameplay footage that doesn't look all that great and think it's the coolest thing ever. Like that's that's the fans fault. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> Well, I mean the company is promising those fans the world and it's incredibly unlikely to me that they're going to be yeah, able to deliver. It's
1: true. The company is enabling those fans and vice versa, frankly, but uh I, that's if there was a we should have we should have a worst fan base award and I would probably give it to that, although there's probably a lot of good Competitors, although I can't think of any off the top of my wanna head. If we want to keep
0: it, if we want to keep it video games, then they might take it.
1: Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're extending into <laughs> like anime, I know you have some. <laughs> but uh, if we want to,
0: <laughs> My Little Pony.
1: Yeah, well, that's not such a this year kind of thing. I know, but they neither, still exist. Neither. Is, neither they is...
0: still exist as much as I'd like to pretend that they don't. They still Yeah, exist. I mean, people
1: are people are giving them less attention now. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: that's good. That is good. <laughs>
1: uh that's something we never want to bring up on the podcast though. Uh <laughs> yeah, I I would but I would give that award to Star Citizen for sure. I I, I can't think of much worse right now. Yeah. Uh let's see. Oh yeah. In response. well no, we just did worse company. Um s- s- scummiest shit.
0: Did we decide what this was gonna be or did we just decide to rename Not it the most really. shameful display?
1: Uh I I think it's separate from most shameful display because I think most okay. shameful display is more of like you should be ashamed of yourself and or you should be ashamed uh, okay. of yourself you should be embarrassed with yourself and scummy as shit is like this fucking person like goddamn them. Hmm.
0: Well, I mean, there's just so much. There's so much.
1: Yeah, I uh there's a Kickstarter, there was a Kickstarter for uh I think the game was called Ariel, or that was, like, its development name or something like that. And uh, it it was made by these Russian dudes who, of course, whenever whenever Russian people are involved in developing a game, you know there's something fucking sketchy going on. Well, Stalker. <laughs> it's, it's always, like, some kind of scam. Uh, they, um, they were making, like, a spiritual successor to Stalker, or so they claimed. And it had... They kept... So they had this Kickstarter, and 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 they were saying, okay, you know, we're still working on this game. Here's some artwork from from our concept artist, and people like do a simple Google image search of the artwork and find out that it's like someone else's artwork entirely. And then they say, well, here's some screenshots of our game. See, we're making the game. And and someone points out this is in the package that comes with Unity when you like like it's a Unity asset that's already pre-installed on the engine, like. This is the map that's already in Unity. Like they're just walking around on a pre-made map. And, uh, and then they're like, well, here's another screenshot. And like, no, this is, that's, they've added like a label in the, like a billboard in the image that, that makes it look like it's their game. But other than that, it's a screenshot literally ripped from something. Like it's, they didn't even go into the game assets and do it themselves. Like they just got a screenshot that already existed and Photoshopped it. So they were like really obviously scamming people out of their money. And like right before, the The deadline. Someone put in a bunch of money to like get it across the the goal to like make of it succeed, course. which of course, yep. Yeah. And because um, that
0: you can just give yourself the money.
1: Yeah, but then like, I think after it had already reached the goal and shit, like Kickstarter took it down, and now they've started their own website. I think that's their own crowdfunding project, like hosted by them, so that they don't have to abide by any rules. And there are people who apparently think it's legit and are like donating to this shit and they're and probably with their with their kickstarter that they started on their own website it's probably that you just give them the money and they have they don't even have to meet the goal i would imagine like that's what i would do if i was a scammer so good for them
0: god what a thing to say but yeah i mean they know how to pull the strings i guess Jeez, you have to be out of your mind to just back kickstarters or Yeah, pretty these much days. anything
1: like any almost anything on to Kickstarter, participate
0: like, in crowdfunding you have to be a fucking maniac
1: I, I, yeah like i can't imagine spending my money on something that doesn't exist and has no promise to exist whether i give it my money or not like what the fuck Doesn't Which make
0: sense. for me is a nice segue into um most shameful display because i would give that award the people who in 2014 need to be most ashamed of themselves is people that enable these terrible crowdfunding ventures. If you're backing people's shitty welfare Patreons, if you're throwing money into these half baked survival indie games on Kickstarter, you are the true loser of 2014 and you need to reevaluate what you're doing with your money and your life. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think that's a pretty good nomination for shameful display. I, I I would have to bring up a lot of stuff related to Gamergate um, shameful displays, obviously on both sides and, uh, but there's nothing worth picking out of all of that shit. It's just a big pot of bullshit that everyone should be ashamed of for the most part. Um, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I, <sighs> I like your answer better because those people are actually causing yeah. issues with the industry like stop giving your money to people who don't deserve it stop giving attention to people who don't deserve it god um, goddamn.
0: Like, there, I'm not... I wouldn't agree, and I don't think this is what you're actually saying, that just Gamergate is all bullshit. No, like, no There's no, clearly no. a lot of value in it, and lots of good discussions happen as a result of it, and things have changed with um, Kotaku implementing a stricter ethics policy, and, um, you know, disclosures about Patreons are just blocking them entirely, I think. Um, but, yeah, as far as enabling terrible crowdfunding... There's no question that it's just unjustifiable. My God, you have to be insane to think that you're going to get what you were promised these days. If you buy an early access game, if you donate to a Kickstarter, if you donate to a Patreon and you actually think that you're going to get all the value that's promised to you, you're insane or you're just ignorant. In which case, I'm either ashamed of you or feel sorry for you, respectively.
1: Yep. Uh I'm going to go ahead and mention uh we're we're out of the our own awards that we uh quickly mopped up before starting the podcast uh but if you have like anything you'd like to mention in the chat that like like uh, any ideas for an award like best or worst whatever uh we might, you know, answer it or just ask questions, do whatever you want. Uh give us shit to talk about cuz we didn't do our own homework. And uh but but to respond to that also like uh, the crowdfunding shit um i feel like kickstarter's becoming less of a thing now like i see less and less big projects actually gaining notoriety and um i, I think people have started to catch on with like the various disasters there have been because um,
0: well i would like to say that's good but that's only because Patreon is catching on now. You're and right. now you yeah, don't yeah, even need a it. making a single indie game still takes so much more effort than Patreon funding like a series of blogs, which anybody and their brother can do these days. Like it's getting worse. It's I think Patreon worse.
1: is like it's really terrible. Uh I here's the thing. I don't hate Patreon in concept, and I don't hate everyone who uses Patreon and hates a strong word anyway. I I there, there's a way to use Patreon that's totally fine, but it's almost never done that way. And uh, you've got shit like Game Over, Greggy, or whatever, like creating two different Patreons for the same thing, uh, seemingly so that it looks like he's making less money than he actually is. It's, it's insane. Yeah. And then like, and people like Zoe Quinn making Patreons and making. Although this is more the fault of the people donating, but I mean, it's irrelevant whose fault it is. It's a right. problem that it's happening. Uh, She's not making anything. She's not doing anything. And people are giving her huge amounts of money. Um, why? Like,
0: I, I, Yeah, I, like I, Patreon, the idea of people who want a type of content, giving money and getting it and just cutting out the ad middleman and the need to appeal to advertisers is such a great model. Really good. And there, there are some people who use it well. But like... I see it abused way more than I see it used well. Yeah. Like substantially more. Not even that, like 99% of the time it's some shitty shit that just shouldn't <clears throat> Patreon. Yeah.
1: What a fucking shithole. Uh someone mentioned uh first of all, someone mentioned that uh a good nomination for Shameful Display is is from soft. And, and and what they've done with Dark Souls 2's like, PC. Can't we didn't talk about that yet. Wow. Yeah. Well, we talked about it before, but but not not on not. That is a very shameful display, and I think that 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 is easily in contention for winning.
0: <laughs> now, I haven't totally discounted the possibility of buying that, but it's because. Well, my, my Steam account was soft banned from the PC version because I edited my soul memory to play with Steam friends because mm-hmm. have you the soul memory system is yeah, basically yeah, yeah. terrible. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I got soft banned for that. So I could just do family sharing and get around it and use the same character even. That's kind of cumbersome. If the new game is going to be like $20 max, I might buy it. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be substantially more expensive. And even then, it's going to be a stretch to get me to do it. I would still probably wait until it's $10 or less. Yeah. Other than having, like, a banned account, you got to be out of your mind.
1: Yeah. Out of principle, I would have a lot of trouble fucking buying that shit. Um, Someone also suggested best and worst characters.
0: Ooh. That's a good one. Um...
1: That's that's tough. I wish I played Dragon Age Inquisition because I feel like I'd probably have a lot of good uh, ideas for worst character. Uh, uh, just from the gameplay I've seen in that, there seems like there's a couple characters in it that's just like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, but
0: I haven't played enough of it to to give that either best or worst characters yet.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know if I, I I can say I can say I do have a confident worst character though. I, I, I would, and I think this would blow out. Anyone in the in 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 Shadow, I mean, uh, <laughs> slip of the tongue there in uh, Dragon Age, but it, fucking, I don't even remember his fucking name because of course Gollum. I don't. Shadow, no, well, no, not Gollum. Well, fuck. Now that you mention Gollum's Gollum. inclusion
0: in that game, that's not really a
1: character. Every I guess. every person in Shadow of Mordor is the worst character of the year. They are all terrible. I, I that game's writing is fucking absurdly bad, like as far as dialogue goes, and and the main character. I mean, people always harp on the idea like, oh, there's too many games with boring white male straight characters, da, da 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 da. But I totally agree in this case. Like he's the most boring white male straight character you could possibly have, especially in like a fantasy universe. Like goddamn is that a boring character. And Gollum is a terribly written character who it seems like the people who wrote for him and voiced him and everything just didn't at all understand Gollum as a character or the appeal of that character at all, they hmm. tried to make him comic relief, and he isn't he could be, but they it would have to be way more subtle than they try uh there's an orc that isn't too bad, I guess, but he's not great oh, and all the, and and yeah, and all the enemies in the game, all the like main character enemies, the antagonists are like or at least the main guy, especially, is just like I'm evil for no reason. And, I mean, that's kind of Lord of the Rings anyway. But, like, there's nothing interesting going on in that game whatsoever. I had no will to complete the story, and that's part of the reason I stopped. But fuck that. Ugh. I
0: don't even remember what the main character's name of Lords of the Fallen is. But that'd probably be mine. And not just because from... the whole game is shit. Because it is. But just the character himself is so boring but they also gave him like an edgy past. He's like a criminal and he did something bad, but he's atoning for his sins. And it's such a bog standard setup that just amplifies how terrible everything else is. And um, he, you know, just the animations also contribute to this cause he just kind of bobbles his head around. And it, he's really, he's such a weird character to watch. God, yeah. he's terrible. Harkin, for- is, is his name Harkin? I think it's I probably Harkin. I don't fucking
1: remember. Um I I think the um as far as best character goes, I for I, first of all, I was thinking about including like best story uh or best writing in in the awards, but I there's not a game that I played where the writing or story stood out to me at all and that that extends to the characters as well. Like there wasn't a single character this year that like I was like, "Ooh, that's interesting" or or <laughs> even Transistor which like those, those, that studio is, is good at writing a story. They're, they're, they're good at writing like the narration and stuff. But like it was nothing, it didn't blow me away. Like it didn't leave that much of an impression on me. How um, many of
0: the, um, the like computers did you read?
1: Um, all of them, like that I've come across, I've read, but like I, I, I thought they were good. I thought they, they worked, but they didn't think they, they were anything to write home about.
0: I mean, I like them a little more than that. I still wouldn't like they're not the greatest of all time or anything or maybe even of this year, but they were really cool. I like the idea of kind of the 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 will of the people consuming everything. Yeah, the technological expression of people's will is cool. I I would
1: give it best story if. I mean, I guess we can say, yeah, sure. Best story goes to Transistor, but I don't think that. I only think it. I only think it wins because there's nothing. It's else. It's not like that, terribly good. Yeah, it's good. It's good, and it's interesting what they did with it. Um, but like, I, I was the same way about Bastion. Like, Bastion's story didn't really pull me To me, me in.
0: Bastion's story is is quite a bit worse. I didn't like Bastion's yeah. story. It, Bastion's there's much story, less interesting going on there. Bastion's story, and I mentioned this a bit in the year end video, is just so much of it are unexplained crypticisms just these events and places and people that really aren't given meaningful con context but they sound cool like the calamity and you get some background on this kind of stuff but it's it's hardly it's never great it's never good really it's it's kind of interesting but it's never concrete enough to be actually great and there is some great actually great stuff in transistor because even though they keep it mysterious they make it concrete enough that you can think about it in meaningful terms
1: i do like the uh i i I like the narration in bastion more than transition than transistor uh i thought that the narrator had like he he had a little bit of that like snark tone that I, i i think really worked um I think in transistor it was maybe a little bit too serious most of the time. Like uh, it didn't it didn't quite fit as well. Um, Although I mean that's more serious game in general than Bastion is, I guess. But but like uh, it needed it needed to be for me
0: for me the narrator in Bastion added a lot of flavor, but he didn't add a whole lot of meaning to the game. Oh yeah, definitely. Like it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the same game without him. But you know
1: it's all in the delivery in Bastion. Like The delivery right. of, really of the narration is, is fantastic. Um, it's really but...
0: interesting, and you can't say it'd be the same game without him, but I feel like the character that the narrator in Transistor was, the, you know, I don't want to spoil the story, but the character that the Transistor's voice actually is is more substantial than just being a narrator. Um, he has an actual role in the story, a relationship yeah. to the main character, and overall, he's a better more fleshed out character than the narrator in bastion ever was and
1: and things happen to him and specifically like when he starts like like almost getting like drunk when when like he starts getting like corrupted kind of and like he he starts like speaking like kind of slow and slurred and like that that was really cool and interesting uh but it's it's weird the delivery of it just feels a little weird to me um the way that you, like, trigger what he says can sometimes feel really off mm-hmm. and, like, the timing can feel weird. But, like, that's – they're probably kind of doing the best that they can with, like, you know, a, a, a video game and having to deliver that, that dialogue in that fashion. Which, it works better in Bastion because it's an actual narrator. So, like, when you do right. something, he narrates it. But in, in Transistor, they're having to try to tell story at the same time and it's, it's, it's tough. And I, I feel like maybe with their next game they can – they can really do something, I think, I think a point we could probably
0: agree on is that Logan Cunningham, the guy who voiced both of those characters, he played a I didn't better know he both yeah, he does or, or tra- he voices the narrator in Bastion and the transistor in transistor, yeah, um well, I think that he played a better narrator in Bastion, but he played a better character in transistor
1: yeah, yeah, um, yeah, pretty much um another suggestion for an award was a game that most exceeded expectations. Do you have any ideas there?
0: Ah, oh, man. Um, Smash 4 is tempting even though my expectations were insane. Yeah. Uh because it is just so good. I guess well, I guess my expectations weren't insane. That might be that's overstating it. My expectations were very high for it, but it wound up being way better than I thought it would be. I I was expecting a kind of incremental upgrade that maybe took some hits in having to be for the three d s and wii u at the same time, but it overall it's the most fun i've had with smash it's It's great it's such a good game, and it ex- exceeded my expectations in basically every way
1: yeah i'm i'm gonna ride the fence here and i've got two two winners one is war thunder uh specifically the tanks extension that came out this year Like when I heard there were going to be tanks in War Thunder, I was like, oh, great. They're, like, trying to be World of Tanks, and it's just going to be this kind of, like, half-assed addition to the game. But, like, it is a fully-fledged, like, it is just complete. like, they didn't half-ass any bit of it. Like, it, it's it's totally its own game in itself that works really well by itself, although it is part of the larger game. And, and, and uh, that was really surprising to me how, how fun and interesting and, and, and well done that was. Uh, especially, like, like, they're foreign developers that, like, God, when you hear that, like, I think, I don't know if they're Russian. I think they're Eastern European, at least. And when you hear that, like, an, an Eastern European company or something is making a free-to-play game, like, my expectations could not be lower because, like, there's just a track record there. <laughs> um, but, like, they actually seem like they try with that game, and, and it's, it's, it's really neat, and it has a lot of issues, but I've talked about it before. Uh, but I, that would tie with Desert Golfing
0: good game um it exceeded
1: my expectations
0: i think best mobile it should also be something we talk about um but before that i kind of want to go back because even though i think it probably doesn't beat transistor obviously um but an honorable mention for sure for best soundtrack or best music is rhythm doctor god oh shit and if there's if there's an award for a game that most deserves your attention, or at least like the most value per amount of time you can put into it. Definitely, Rhythm Doctor. Like five yeah. minutes with it, and you'll love it. If you have a heart, you'll love it.
1: Yeah, best level, <laughs> if you can call it that. Uh, I yeah that. I don't think. I mean, I don't think its soundtrack is better than Transistor, although it's yeah. It, 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 it's just really neat, and and especially that one level. Um, just like they did such a cool thing with that game and 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 god damn i don't know what 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 can you say about it like that I, I don't know if that exceeded my expectations because the only reason i played it is because like you were raving about it but um it it, it it's definitely cool. it's cool it game. definitely it did something with expect like i i don't know i i it wasn't what i was expecting it it didn't necessarily exceed them by expectations because i had high expectations because i would heard really good things but when i but it wasn't what i expected and it was it, it was really cool the way that it kind of hmm. threw me for a little bit of a loop. It's a, it's a neat game. Uh, yeah. I, but as far as like mobile games, like the only mobile games I've played were desert golfing and um, monument Valley and monument Valley. And monument Valley I, I like it. I just can't get into it. Really? How far did you get? Not super far. I just completed like the one where, with, with the column that you can move around. It really picks up. Uh, I liked, like around there. Yeah, I'm going to play more of it. I'm going to complete it, but like, I, I, it just hasn't caught me. Um, it gets but, seriously mind-bending after that. I really liked <laughs> I really liked the moment where you like float away on your boat or whatever, and the column tries to follow you, and he sinks into the water. That I was, was like, great. oh,
0: damn. That was such a cool little moment. It
1: was like a little Wilson moment out of, uh, fucking what's it called? And I don't want to say that the game's
0: not pretentious, because it is a little bit, but it earns it it's like Fez had a kind of pretentious tone to it too but it definitely didn't earn it it was just kind of basic pixel art and it wasn't all that interesting I didn't get a pretentious
1: tone out of Fez I, I totally
0: did out of some of them I
1: get more of a pretentious tone out of Monument Valley than I do with Fez actually
0: huh that's not the impression I got well I did get the pretentiousness from Monument Valley but I definitely got an equal measure of it from Fez. Maybe I'm just projecting Phil Fish um, onto yeah, I, it. But yeah. But even in the game, there's still like a lot of kind of cryptic, wistful poetry that some of the characters say, and and just the presentation of some of it is just kind of trying to be high class or something. Yeah. Well, as far pretentiousness aside, if we're making the Fez comparison, Monument Valley takes my mobile game for this year because. It's basically what what Fez was doing 2D and 3D. Monument Valley is doing 3D and 4D. Just mechanically, it's way more interesting than Fez's basic platforming with um, with a 3D world rotating and looking at 2D views of it. You're looking at 3D views of a four-dimensional space. Yeah. It's just a cooler concept, and I, I, I think it's better.
1: If Monument Valley came out before Fez, I might agree with you, but honestly, I think that Monument Valley is doing basically the same thing Fez was doing just in a different way. Um, like in the way that like, oh, you get on this platform by walking here, but then you move something and it, it looks like in a three-dimensional space it looks like it's in a different spot, but you can walk straight onto it. That's the exact same thing that Fez did. You just switch the camera around and, oh, look, that thing that's actually far away appears to be right next to him now and he can walk onto it. Like it's this, It was clearly inspired by Fez, first of all. Play the box. Um,
0: Play the, the music box. or I don't know if it's a music box, but it has it has yet where you are. It has yet to show you what it can fully do yet. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, I, I'll believe you. But as far as like the tone and stuff goes, like I, I actually liked Fez's tone a lot. I liked its atmosphere more than I like Monument Valley because, and I think part of it is because early on in the game, it's actually a pretty simple game, and it's sitting there like with this like ooh mysterious kind of tone, and you're just like this doesn't deserve it yet. Uh, but I, I do believe you that it gets better, and I, I, I'm, I'm definitely gonna finish it to find out. So
0: it even has a little story that has a satisfying ending by the end. Um, this is a cool game. I love that game. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to check out Desert Golfing because you've sold me on it now.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's just a really good mobile game to play on the toilet and whatnot. Like, just <laughs> fucking hit a few holes. Uh, and you do pay for it, which is part of the reason there's no ads or, or microtransactions or anything. There you but go, folks. It's like folks. two bucks, I think. So
0: Just club your hole on the toilet. Yep. Skippy yep.
1: <laughs> Quote me on that. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess we're out of time right, we're not yeah, out of time is, but out of subjects. Yeah. has
0: anybody else got any suggestions? I don't think we're going to get. But at this point in the chat, it's like four people all of which I know suggesting favorite let's play, favorite let's play favorite Yeah, that's let's what play. I've seen for the last several minutes in chat. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, favorite let's play was hatred.
1: There you go. I'm going to I'm going to give it to uh Game Over Greg, Greggy. Just the anticipation of that let's play channel that they're starting. I'm just really excited for it. And, yeah, that's going to be really good
0: cool so thanks for tuning in guys to this special game of the year edition of push to shout um yeah we're going to be putting the audio version up of this soon tune in next week for another great episode um i think that's that's all we got so so yeah see you folks